Hey everyone, it's Tuesday, October 27th, 2020. Welcome to episode 34 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. And on this week's show, we are joined by the hosts of the Beers and Beards podcast, David and Gary. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We're excited to have you on the show. In this episode, the four of us are going to review a beer each, and then, because of your involvement in the MMA industry, we're going to spend some time talking about UFC 254. But before we get into all of that, can you guys just introduce yourselves and give us a little bit of background on your show? Go ahead, David. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm David McKinney. Uh, My co-host is Gary Thomas. Gary and I have known each other for probably about a decade now. Uh, We started out uh, in the MMA community and the local MMA community and uh, Gary's in uh, Kentucky. I'm in Ohio and uh, we just have always bonded over uh, our love for MMA. We owned a website together, sold that. And then as Gary says, we had to find something to do. So we started a podcast and uh, we are 25 ish episodes in now. And each week uh, I drink some beer, Gary drinks some bourbon uh, we look at his beautiful beard every week. I don't, as you can see, I don't have a beard, so I'm the beer guy. He's the beard guy, but, uh, yeah, we drink local stuff. We drink, uh, I drink national stuff and then Gary drinks exclusively Kentucky bourbon. So nice. he doesn't, he doesn't usually, uh, go uh, expand his horizons too far, but, uh, tonight he's going to drink some beer for you guys. Woo. Just for you. That's awesome. <laughs> this is pretty special. I don't know if you guys realize Thank that. Thank you. Oh, man. Well, we're very excited and excited to have you guys on again. So everyone out there listening, again, that's the Beers and Beards podcast. I think you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You do Facebook uh, videos. You guys just started, doing, just started doing videos on Facebook, right? Yeah, that's Gary's uh, Gary's neck of the woods. Yeah, I don't know about guys, that, but... If you guys aren't watching the video <laughs> right now on our show, you should definitely check it out because Gary's got us all beat with his backdrop looking pretty legit so shout uh, out to my wife for uh <laughs> setting it up if it falls down i'm gonna blame her <laughs> it'll, it, it'll, it'll make for some good tv if it does um so yeah absolutely everyone you everyone make sure you guys check them out um and again we're we're glad you guys are here to hang out with us for a little bit obviously we've got a few things in common we love beer we love mma and we've got a, a glorious beard of our own on this show um <laughs> I have a wannabe beard, and Reese has the, the real deal. Yeah, it's it's still yeah, pretty. His is impressive. It's still amateur. I'll, yeah, you I should have saw actually, it two weeks ago. I cut it in half. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's actually um, tamed compared to what it used to be. It was actually quite long before. Yeah, I even come. <laughs> I even combed it today just for the podcast. Oh man! <laughs> Watch out! Nice. You actually heard uh, Gary talking about some, uh, was it beard oil or was it beard, mm-hmm. what is it, what was it called, balm or something? Yeah, on, on so uh, I have, I don't want to like move around too much. I've got, I use uh, <laughs> one of our sponsors is uh, Beard Octane. So I've got oil and balm and they do butters and conditioners and things like that. But I kind of stick to the balm because it's either too oily or too thick and the balm's like hit you right where it needs to Reese do you use anything I, I feel like mm-hmm. you at least you at least keep that thing on point oh yeah no I'm yeah I uh I use the beard oil and balm I use them both I uh I put oil in and then I blow dry it and then I put the balm in because the balm kind of like thickens it up so you can kind of like you know yeah. shape it a little bit so 
Yeah. Hey, AJ, I feel like we need to have like a side conversation. <laughs> this might go off the rails here <laughs> if, uh, if we let the two beard guys. You guys can just, go ahead uh, and just drop off. The whole we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. So I've I'm judged done. like beard competitions. I don't know oh, if you've seen like that world, but where I'm from, we have like a club here and then they had a whole like it's called Battle of the Beards. So I got to like I was a judge, I got to be an MC. Nice, so, man. It's not I don't have the the full as they would call it right now. I kind of keep it trimmed up. You totally could three, though. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been probably a little bit longer than yours, but it's so mine is so thick and now as you can see I'm getting gray in it. You know, three youngsters here. I, you guys don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Gary's a distinguished Gary's gentleman. in these days, man. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Now the only picture I have in my head right now is Reese standing in the bathroom blow-drying his beard out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's so awesome. We need to, like, put a slow-mo video of that up on Instagram or something. I like, wish I could do the, the curly mustache. I don't have the mustache for it, though. Hand yeah. Mark. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, I uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to drink some beer this evening, but I think we should do a, a guests first sort of situation. So, which one of you guys wants to kick us off and talk to us about your beer and give us a little quick review? I will probably be the quickest. Let's make. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to kick us off, Gary? So yeah, I've seen you guys. Just, I'm drinking a uh, Country Boy Brewing, which is local to me. I live just about 20 miles east of uh, Lexington. And this is one of the first like craft beers that I was like, hey, I could probably drink that. And I'm drinking Cougar Bait, an American blonde ale. And beyond that, I don't really know what to tell you. It's got it's got definitely some some beer notes to it. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes like beer. So yeah, that's like yeah. super smooth. Ga- so Gary has gotten yeah, Gary's gotten me more into uh into bourbon and i'm still trying to figure out the tasting notes and things like that we were drinking a bourbon on a on show and i said that's oh, got some great bourbon notes <laughs> and so that's actually going to be the name of our new pre-show that we're going to be starting uh it's going to be on facebook uh actually uh in the next actually this week um so we'll have like a 15 to 20 minute pre-show live and then record but it's going to be called bourbon notes because that's what uh that's what bourbon tastes like usually bourbon nice so. nice but yeah, Cougar Bay is uh, is awesome. It's I mean, as you can, the name I can help Gary out with uh, with his beer. But the the name uh, obviously is like you know it's like the the people you know that are cougars that are kind of around that thirty to forty year old age. Like hey, I want something light and like Country Boy was perfect. And you know Kentucky is like a you know transitional craft beer market maybe where they get a lot of people in that are. Hey, I'm a Bud Light drinker. Yeah. Um, so those people that might come in looking for a Bud Light, that's what they usually give them. It's super light. Um, they actually have some great like vari- variants of it, though. Um, I've had like a Key Lime version uh, that was really good. And then I actually went to the uh, – they have a brand-new production facility in uh, Georgetown, Kentucky. And I had the uh, – habanero version of it and it will it will light you up if you if you like spicy beers like me um it's definitely one uh one to uh to to grab i i'm a huge fan of like the anything with jalapeno or spice or anything like that i i usually gravitate toward those and of course a blonde ale lends itself to you know adding pretty much anything to it so yeah definitely i actually just uh I feel bad saying this because it actually we, we usually put up a poll on Thursdays before we record our, our main episodes on Fridays 
um, of what we will be drinking on the show and let the let the people vote on what we should review. Um, and for a couple of weeks, I had a, uh, one from Tradition Brewing, which is local to me. I think it was I think they're in Portsmouth, Virginia, um, but they had a ghost pepper lager. And so it kept losing. Ooh. I was surprised that people weren't voting for it. So I was voting. Me. I voted. Yeah, I know time. you were. Um, <laughs> I would have voted for that. I, I must have missed it. Yeah. A couple of weeks. I usually. Vote. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was surprised people weren't trying to light me up. But I finally it was just it sat in the fridge for too long. And I was like, let me just try this thing. So I took one sip of it and I feel bad pouring out any craft beer. <laughs> but I was like, dude, I, I told my wife, I was like, I, I absolutely cannot drink this. It was just it burned all the way down. And like, I can't taste any beer. I was like, this is just not for me. Um, so I had to pour it out. I feel bad saying that, but it, it's true. It was ghost pepper, you said? Yeah, it was a ghost pepper lager. Oh, that sounds awful. I've never had a ghost pepper beer, but yeah, some of the ones I've, I've seen people like, usually like I'm a big untapped guy. So I've seen like the, you know, super hot, spicy beers. Like there's like one uh, in Ohio called Scorpion Lager. It has like a 1.7 average rating on, <laughs> on untapped. Jeez. But it's actually supposedly is a pretty good beer. It's just the people that try it that think that they, they they uh, have have a little bit too uh, too big for their bridges yeah. and and try it and and oh this is disgusting. What's a scorpion pepper beer? If you don't like spicy stuff, don't try exactly. it. Right? Yeah. yeah, actually, there's another uh, local brewery called Maker's Craft Brewery in Norfolk, and they had a. I think it was a habanero. It might have been jalapeno. I think it was habanero though. It was a stout. It was a habanero stout. And for some reason, the dark beers were. It was a lot easier for me. I only. I just sampled it. I didn't get a whole glass, but it was a lot easier for me to to throw that back. I guess the richness of the you know the you know, like the the sweetness and all that stuff of the darker beers paired well more better for me. You know, with the spicy, but the lager was just straight up spiced on my throat, and I was just <laughs> well. And there's a big jump from jalapeno and habanero to uh, to ghost peppers. Sure. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Well, but yeah. So, David, what about you, man? What do you have? Uh... Yeah. So I, you guys probably saw me in the pre-show. That was my side beer. But uh, I, I a lot of times we'll have a side beer for uh, for our show because we don't jump right into the beer, but. Uh, this week, so I, uh, my neighborhood brewery is, it's called Streetside Brewing and I'm drinking a, uh, it's called We Rise, We Fall. It's a double New England IPA. Uh, this is a brewery. They, I think they just hit their three year anniversary and it's the first time they've had a beer with galaxy hops, which are super hard to get, but I'll show you guys the can. So Streetside has, uh, some pretty cool can art. Um, this is like a little different from, from what they've been doing, but, uh, yeah, so it's it's nine and a half percent, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. But uh, also wanted to show you guys too. So uh, the Ohio Craft Beer Association is is you know a huge you know kind of an offshoot of the Brewers Association. So today was Ohio Pint Day, nice. and I got my Ohio Pint, nice. which uh, helps support the local breweries. You got to see the the giant uh, cardinal on there, and it's a cool can glass, which uh, I saw you guys have a, a ginger in the beard can glass. Uh, I got to get one of those maybe in your online store, but, uh, yes, I, I love the can glasses, but, uh, yeah, it, it was cool to support like local, local places. And, uh, yeah, so this is a new England IPA, double new England IPA, super smooth. I mean, it's like crazy smooth. I've already had a little bit of it to, I was cheating a little <laughs> bit, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, it looks Reese, like orange you're, juice. You're an Ohio native too. It right? does look like orange juice. It does yeah. look like orange juice. Hazy. Yeah. But it's fantastic, it, and it, it definitely has like a lot of those like citrus flavors. Um, I don't like 
I'm not a huge Galaxy person just because I haven't had a ton of Galaxy hot beers. I mean, they're they're pretty rare, but uh, not as dank. A little bit more on like the sweeter citrusy fruit side. Um, you know, kind of getting out of that time of year for me at least. I'm a seasonal drinker. I like like the dark stuff in the in the winter and fall, and and I've been going crazy on like those those dark beers and the the pumpkin stuff, but. This is a nice little change. A lot of pine, like pineapple flavor too in this one, which is great. That sounds delicious. So. It does sound really good. I'm, I'm actually I'm from to, o- yeah, straight side of. Yeah. I'm actually from Ohio. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I didn't realize you were from Ohio too. Um, are you like? Yeah. Cincinnati or I'm, up north. Yep, Cincinnati. Nice, Cincinnati. I'm from Columbus originally, and I've been in Cincinnati for about six years so you can see my Ohio State cool hoodie I'm a Buckeye so yeah I'm up from the from the northeast area Youngstown area I don't know if you know that at all okay but yeah 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 I'm pretty familiar with uh with Youngstown so pretty cool I've been everywhere I mean I I you know we talked about the MMA side I've, I've been pretty much every nook and cranny of Ohio covering local MMA shows and and you know backwoods portions of Ohio that I never thought I would go to and, yeah now it's a great excuse to go to all the breweries. You yeah, know, yeah. Hit up a MMA show and go to go to the local brewery. And um, if we actually had local MMA, but we haven't for a while. Yeah, yeah a long time now. Ohio's got That's a awesome. hidden scene for beer and, and food. They got really good food spread throughout Ohio. And you got Great Lakes, you know, Great Lakes uh, brewing up north, you know. That's everywhere. Yeah, we yeah. talked about on our show last week uh, – Christmas ale is already out. It's like a little bit too early for me. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> I have a Great Lakes Christmas ale T-shirt, and I love that beer. But um, like maybe around Thanksgiving I'll start to drink it, but not on October 25th or whatever it came. Yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. They got the so, their Oktoberfest is really good too. That came out I think like three or four weeks ago. Yeah, they started putting that out. That's if you guys can get your hands on that. That's a, I feel like that's a staple. Yeah, actually, uh, in Cincinnati, I think we had 20 breweries that packaged an Oktoberfest this year, and I tried all of them and uh, nice. talked about it on one of our <laughs> one of our shows back in uh, in September, which is imp- like I you know there's no really good things about the pandemic, but I one of the good things is your alcoholism uh, is all the alcoholism, <laughs> but all the breweries that have been packaging beers. Uh, I'm probably drinking the same amount. It's just I'm drinking at home versus going out to breweries and bars and stuff. And it's cool that I can go and, and I can support, you know, multiple places in, in one night. And, you know, I, I have a, a great like outdoor patio area. So I've got like our like, you know, super tight knit friend, like our actually they're actually our neighbors that, you know, will hang out and drink. And, and it's getting to be a little bit not that time anymore outside time. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm always a, a local local guys so i try to hit up as many of the local breweries and buy directly from them if i can nice yeah definitely so gary i i uh, i heard you guys talking about the seasonal stuff on your latest episode is there such thing as a seasonal bourbon do they do that probably not right since they're you know doing this for over the course of many years so bourbon's restricted to like it has to be the same ingredient so you can't add cinnamon or anything like that it's you know corn rye and then you know you get throwing that so there's you can mix the mash bill up uh it has to be at least 51 percent corn so that's a guarantee on any bourbon you drink right but how they play around with the, the the rye and the wheat you know there's some great weeded bourbons like if you like pappy van winkle like the hardest bourbon to get 
that's a weeded bourbon, but you know, there's no there's no seasonal. If if you add anything to it, it's not bourbon anymore. It's a cocktail. So or there'd whiskey. be like a yeah, seasonal straight yeah, whiskey. Right. There'd be like a seasonal <laughs> cocktail, but not like a yeah, yeah. And bourbon cocktails are not that good. I don't know if you guys, if if you dabble in the mixed drink industry, but you got like an <laughs> old fashioned. You can do like sours and things like that, but it's all it's you gotta all, you gotta go garbage. with you gotta go with neat. That's the only way. That's Neat's, right. Neat's the way to go. Reese knows bourbon. what's up. <laughs> Reese oh, knows yeah. what's up. Reese, I think you were primarily a bourbon guy before we started the show. I mean, you obviously have loved craft beer, but I think you were really into bourbon for a while before the show, right? Yeah, I had to slow down on the bourbon. I've basically come to a stop now. I was drinking a bottle like in two or three days, and it was, it was, you know, Ooh. I love it, but I can't do it anymore. It was tearing me up. But so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have followed us, but I actually won two raffles with like probably I probably have like five or six thousand dollars worth of bourbon, and I'm and I'm like the beer guy, so I've got two bottles of Pappy. (laughs) Yes, I've got two bottles of Pappy, and and so I've got a nice like selection and mix. So I and I drink maybe bourbon once a week. So I usually will. I'm usually pretty selective of like oh what high-end bourbon do i want to drink this week? he's spoiled <laughs> like, i don't have any he didn't any, have to come up on jim like, beam yeah yeah i'm not i i don't have any jim beam i do have some jack daniels which is tennessee whiskey but uh mm. no uh no low-end bourbons like I, I had to figure out like my wife made uh bourbon whipped cream for my birthday and we had to use mectors which is like a 40 dollar bottle it was like that's that's the one that i like the least so far so let's yeah, try that. I saw you had it turned out great. I mean, I saw you had Blade and Bow the other day. That's a nice one. I think right that was on your Twitter. You guys did Blade and Bow. Yeah, Gary had uh, uh, went for, for went his to birthday. the distillery. Yeah, to uh, oh no yeah. way, nice. Yeah, I like that one a lot. But uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I wish I had TV. a. I wish I had a better selection. Right now, I got um, uh, Hibiki sitting downstairs. I got that for my birthday and. Uh, I'm just going to savor that for a while. Nice. Bring that out on special occasions. I will occasions. say Gary's, the one time Gary's definitely gotten drunk on our podcast was actually an Ohio bourbon. It's true. So. <laughs> David was sitting across from I, me we, just feeding me bourbon. And I was just, it's like the 50 <laughs> minute mark of that episode. It just clicked. You can oh, tell I'm the happiest. Gary, Uh-oh. Oh, I think oh, I lost me? Gary. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we w- I went down to, uh, to Kentucky to visit him and and brought an Ohio bourbon that was actually, you know, aged like a bourbon for two years and then actually re-aged in uh, barrels that had a bourbon barrel-aged stout uh, oh, and, wow. uh, from Sycamore Distilling here in, in Cincinnati. And they actually won at, like, the U.S. Spirits competition, which is, like, more geared towards, like, craft uh, spirits. But uh, I think they won, like, a gold with that and, and – Gary ended up getting drunk on our our podcast with that. I think it's episode sixteen. If you want to check it out, nice. Okay. <laughs> Did I come back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah, we got you back. Right, Gary's cool. back. Awesome. Smooth recovery. Gary, what's your favorite? Yeah. What's your favorite bourbon? Wellers. That? Wellers. Okay. Wellers. Yeah. Now, like we've talked daily drinkers, things like that, stuff that you could have over and over and over. So I'm a. I've turned on to Larceny, which is a weeded bourbon, just like Wellers, which is. I've got the larceny right here. Okay. That's what, got some here just for just for you guys. Nice. There you uh, go. <laughs> I've had larceny. I've never had Weller's. 
Yeah. It's it used to be super cheap. Like you could go anywhere and get it for like 16 bucks, but now with the bourbon boom, like it's super hard. Yeah. But I want to see what you guys drink. <clears throat> this yeah, is what man. I came for. Go ahead, AJ. I was to say you guys <laughs> have to school me up on some bourbon. I I I I've, I've tried a few here and there. Reese, you've been to my buddy Zach's house and saw his beer, his bourbon selection. I sampled a few things last time we were there, but um, I don't know. I feel like I just need to baby step my way up into some good stuff. The only, the only Every week, hey, that's what we're there for. I'm the baby step bourbon guy. Like I have definitely taken like the baby steps, and then I have have gotten into the good stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I the only hard liquor I have in the house right now is uh, some apple pie moonshine, and it's. <laughs> Oh yeah, I say hard liquor, that's, hey, but that's, it's it's like thirty proof. It's like super low proof moonshine, but it tastes delicious. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it gets Anyways. gets the job done. Hey, I've gotten drunk on some apple pie moonshine down in uh, down in Gatlinburg. So nice, nice. Um, well, let's see. What do I have this week uh, or this episode? This one actually comes from um, Asheville, North Carolina. I just recently took a trip to Asheville and it's like Ooh. brewery capital, like of the, the country. It seems like right now, uh, this is from yeah. dissolver. I'm not sure if you guys have ever had a trip to, to, uh, Asheville before, but beautiful city and tons of breweries. I think my wife and I, we stayed two days, so we didn't have a ton of time, but I think we ended up hitting like somewhere between like six and seven different breweries. Um, and also a couple of cideries dissolver. I think definitely was one of my favorite breweries. Number one, just some background. I think the head brewer started a couple of different breweries. I think another one he, he started was Burial Brewing Company. Uh, maybe he didn't start it. Maybe he was just the head brewer. I can't remember exactly. But um, either way, they recently started up another brewery in Asheville. And this place is super cool. If you ever get the chance to go, anybody out there listening, I'd highly recommend you check them out. It's like this cool like warehouse feel in downtown Asheville, like you walk, I'm pretty sure like the space that you sit while you enjoy your beer is the same space. They actually brew the beer. Like when people aren't in there, like they're for, they have like a fork truck parked in the corner of the, of the warehouse. They have giant, <laughs> those are my favorite places. Yeah. They've got giant bags of hops and grain and all this stuff like up on the shelves. Um, just, and like super dark, mysterious feeling place. And I would, I would suggest you go check out their Instagram page too. And that'll kind of give you a feel of like this, this futuristic, super artsy sort of vibe, um, for this brewery and all of their beers kind of reflect that as well. But this is called the big Amarillo mood. Um, it's a single hop IPA. I love single hop anything because I feel like it gives me the chance to truly experience a hop for what it's worth. Um, so I'm going to crack this open here. And we have had keyboard accidents in the past on this show. So I'll back up and pour into our official Ginger in the Beard beer glass. First week of his new mechanical keyboard, he poured a beer right onto it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's dope, man. I like those glasses. Good pour. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mechanical keyboard did recover. Fortunately, I had to like dis- disassemble <laughs> it and clean it. It was, it was a nightmare. But uh, so that is yeah, that a New England IPA too, or um, is this a single hop? IPA? It just says a single hop IPA with brewed with Amarillo hops. Um, I've never actually had. I don't think I've had. I mean, unless it's just you know kind of a used as a bittering hop. I've never really had an Amarillo IPA. So looking it up here, the the description they give on their website is uh, notes of fresh squeezed orange, which I'm uh, just the whole time I'm pouring it. That's all I smell is like orange juice. 
um, orange and grapefruit juice, dankity dank kush nuggets, and fresh peach tea. Really cool, interesting, and exciting crop of Amarillo that showcases all the fruity and all the dank characteristics we have come to know and love. So I'm really excited about this so I can get familiar with Amarillo. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a sip. But you can see right off the bat, just I mean, it really does kind of look like... Super hazy. Yeah, it's hazy. It yeah. looks kind of like orange juice. Nice little head there. I mean, it's been sitting out for a minute, so it's kind of warmed up a bit, but... You're going to have to explain the dankity dank going on with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after reading that description, to, to be honest, it's not that dank. You know what I mean? Like, we've got some. I don't know if you guys can get it where you're at. Sweetwater Brewing. Um, I think yep. they're in Georgia, maybe. Um, Atlanta. But anyways, yeah. Atlanta, yeah. So they've got one that's called the 420 um, IPA, and that's as dank as it comes. Like, it legit tastes like you're sipping on like marijuana in a glass but uh not that i know what that tastes like it's all bong <laughs> water <laughs> so but yeah i mean this i will is definitely... say so right, go ahead no i was gonna say yeah the uh i've never heard of this brewery i mean i'm like the Asheville's like my mecca and i this must be like a new brewery right i i, I went think... there like two and a half years ago and yeah, I, I talked to a local guy. Actually, I didn't actually buy this one from Dissolver. When I was there, I had a, a flight. Actually, I, try, I had tried a couple different beers while I was there, but I actually bought this from a local bottle shop. And the guy that worked there was like, um, I don't know how to describe him other than he was just an awesome guy. And he, he chatted with us about all kinds of local stuff and described a lot of the beers he had on, in, in the fridge there. And he was like, this is a total juice bomb. And I was just like, let me have it, man. I need that. And yeah, so he's 100% right. Um, I mean, it's very fruity, very orange juicy. I mean, it's hoppy, but I don't really get the, the dank cushiness of it. And I definitely don't taste the, 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 uh, peach tea, but overall a very smooth medium bodied. Um, I love the aroma and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a delicious juicy IPA. It's pretty light. It's a 6.2%. So not super, super heavy ABV which I don't mind here and there, even though I do love a good nine, 10 percenter. But, um, but yeah, I think dissolver is relatively new. Like you're, like you're saying, I think within, when I was talking to that guy at the bottle shop, he was the one telling me like where the head brewer came from and things like that. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he said they came up just a couple of years ago. So you may have just missed them. But uh, yeah, we visit a lot of places, high wire brewing down there in Asheville, didn't get to go to Wicked Weed, which I was kind of upset about just because, Reese, you've had some <laughs> Wicked Weed before on the show, and yeah. um, their place looked awesome. We just didn't have time to get there. Got to go to New Belgium. Did not get to go to Sierra Nevada because they were closed down um, for the pandemic. And we, we for me and Asheville, fortunately just narrowly the... missed. They had just entered phase three of um, the like reopening, I guess. So they were finally letting people come and visit the breweries. If we would have come like a week earlier than that, we would have been able to visit anything, which would have been a, a huge bummer. So, but anyways, yeah, big Amarillo mood. I mean, Am Amarillo hops. I think uh, when I was reading up on this, people were saying, describing it as kind of a supercharged version of Cascade. So Cascade's pretty common, a pretty common hop, you know, floral, tropical, citrusy. So I'm not really like super, you know, excited about it one way or the other. It's, it's good. It's, it's hoppy. Um, but it's not super unique compared to other hops like uh, Simcoe and, and uh, Galaxy and, and things like that. But overall, really delicious. Yeah, nice. and Cascade, if you've ever had Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, 
or any like Northwest like pale ale. That's like the most common, you know, those, uh, but yeah, the, I, you know, so I've been to my wife and I actually were going to go to Asheville in May of this year and we had to cancel our, our brewcation. <laughs> it was going to be our second trip to, uh, to Asheville. And I think we scheduled it in like March, right as the pandemic was about to hit. And we were thinking like, Oh, by May or uh, June, the end of May, beginning of June, like everything will be fine. Right. Yeah, and yeah, flatten the curve. Boys. It was definitely not. So yeah. Next year. We'll get back there. Yeah, we'll man. get back there sometime soon. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, like I said, so many breweries which is within walking distance of each other. I think there's Urban Orchard, Urban, jeez, can't talk. Urban Orchard Cidery. You literally walk down the street. There's Wicked Weed. You walk up the street. There's High Wire Brewing. You walk down another street. There's Dissolver. Um, I mean, so <clears throat> it just it's a it's a great place if you like beer. Yeah, this in the South Slope neighborhood is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, they have a very cool like art scene too. If you guys out there are interested in art if you go check out the uh riverwalk district it's just a place they literally promote graffiti like not even graffiti it's just like arts art on buildings like they have signs up to say like hey if this building is labeled blue you can paint on it if it's labeled yellow you cannot paint on it and so like this entire <laughs> district of like abandoned buildings beside this river um are just covered in like beautiful works of art it's just an amazing place but nice uh with all that said reese what about you man what do you got tonight um, well, I definitely want to make a trip to Asheville with you at some point, that's for sure. Uh, but tonight I'm drinking uh, a beer from Adroit Theory uh, out of Orlando, Florida. There's actually, uh, they have a branch up here uh, about 15 minutes from my house. So, uh, you know, not really local, but I like to go there. They got really good beer selection. So this is Auto Trepanation, um, which is an English barley wine. And I had to look up what trepanation Ooh. is. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that word. So you can see by their can, they got some real, you know, weird, you know, stuff That's going awesome. on here. A lot of their other cans are very good Halloween or like undead, very Halloween. Yeah. But it's like all year round. So trepanation is like an old school doctor uh, term for like drilling a hole into somebody's head. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving that cranial pressure. Yeah. We're leaving cranial yeah. pressure. That's what Let I'm me. about to do. That's how you let the demons out. Just drill a hole in the side of your head. Yeah, there it is. So, let's see how this goes. English barley wine, 12% ABV. Probably not going to make it to the end of this podcast. So, (laughs) um, I don't think I'm going to... Might not even pour the whole thing. All right. Well, the color on that, it's actually hazier than I thought it would be. Yeah, I'd say like like a dark... Uh, like a brown copper kind of tone to it. Um, the head on it is very uniform. Uh, only a couple other like bigger bubbles in there. So that's usually a good sign um, that the, the process went well when they were brewing it. Um, you know, sweet, sweet smell. So they describe this as, uh, you know, semi-sweet molasses caramel flavors with a dry finish, um, you know, medium bodied with, you know, light carbonation. Um, and they also said it's pretty much just going to be heavy on the malt and notes of dates, apples, and pears. So yeah, let's, let's dive in. AJ, how many of the beers that you just drank, how many could you drink for your, like you tapped out, you couldn't drink anymore. 
of these IPAs. Yeah, of like that one you just had. Because I know some some of the fruitier ones, like you're not gonna throw back a twelve pack of those. Like you four oh, or no, five, no. and you're good. Like your mouth's done with it. <laughs> I mean, if I was like on, if I if I wanted to have a marathon, I could probably go maybe maybe four or five. Yeah. And then but, and then and that's it. Got to go to sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Could, you. could you get through of, of that monster that you're just drinking? Uh man, like one and a half, and I'm <laughs> wife's wife's yeah. got to pill me off the couch at that point. Yeah, I'm done for. <laughs> I'm a awesome. lightweight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so this one, yeah, I mean, um, it was it's good. It's got the sweetness to it, uh, light hoppiness, uh, a lot of malt. Um, I mean, come on, alcohol. It's got the bite, you know, for sure. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, this isn't, this is one and done kind of beer for me. I feel like I'm probably not going to finish the whole can, honestly, because I'll be slurring by the end of this. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I mean, overall, very drinkable. Um, you know, I just wouldn't drink a whole lot of them. Yeah. But I would, I would give it a shot if you guys ever run into it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, barley wine guy. So barley wine is basically a beer that is treated like a wine. So it's aged a super long time, like up to six months, whereas most beers are two to four weeks on average and uh, super yep. malty, super sweet. Like right. if you are a beer drinker who likes wine, uh, you, you will like barley wine. Sweet. It's right around the same ABV as a as a glass of wine. Yeah, but you're not drinking four ounces of that, right? You're drinking twelve ounces of it, or that was sixteen <laughs> ounce, right? Yeah, this one's yeah, a sixteen so you're ounce. You're feeling pretty good. That's like <laughs> it's like half of yeah, that's half, half a, a bottle, bottle of wine, right? She <laughs> <laughs> had turned up. Yeah, that's... yeah. We actually have a uh, a brewery here in uh, in Cincinnati, Fifty West Brewing, and they have a barley wine. And they're kind of known for like IPAs and lagers and, you know, they have a, a, um, a wheat beer that they're really well known for, but their best beer they've won like at Ohio or uh, uh, GABF multiple times for like gold medals is their barley wine. And people like, I think go there and like, it has like this, not really hype, but like, you know, they have like all these gold medals and stuff and people drink it and they're like, Oh, that hits you. Mm hmm. Almost every so, every time I have it, it's like fifteen percent, sixteen percent barley wines, you know. But uh, man, AJ, I think I had, I think I brought one down to try with you. I can't remember if it was a barley wine or not. That might have been a strong ale, but uh, I don't remember. I can't. Remember. I'm sure you probably did. Yeah, next. I think that the highest ABV I've had recently was a, uh, I think it was a triple IPA from a local brewery here, Farmhouse Brewing. It was eleven percent. It was an IPA. Um. But it was very, very smooth. I think it was actually called Mosaic IPA. It was brewed with primarily Mosaic hops. Uh, but, <clears throat> but yeah, man, that sounds. I have to try the barley. I don't think I've actually experienced many barley wines. I'm also not a wine fan. Not a fan of wine. But uh, same. It's it's not like wine though. So don't get that. Yeah. Don't get that idea. It's a lot of hops. Or I'm sorry, a lot of a lot of malt and sweetness to it. Okay. You know, opposed to the dry tannins that you would get on like a red wine or something like that. So it's, you know, it's a completely different experience all in its own. Honestly, it's very unique. So I have to to try that out for sure. Yeah. Speaking of aging beers, uh, the beard and I, he actually, for my 30th birthday, sent me a beer brewing kit from craft a beer, um, or, or sorry, craft a brew. And, uh, 
we both did that. We reviewed the experience on an episode one time, um, and we both finally refrigerated some of our beer and tried it out. Was it last week or was it two weeks ago? Yeah, I think it was a week, week and a half ago, something and, like that. Uh, both of us pretty underwhelmed. Didn't turn out great. <laughs> run that one. So, run that one back. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, being a not beginner, but maybe beginner to intermediate home brewer, I will say, keep at it. You're, it's only going to get better. You're going to learn the process. And uh, I've been doing it for almost two years now, and every beer that I do is better than the last. So awesome. don't let your first be. I mean. Uh, Sam Calgioni from Dogfish Head started out as a cra- uh, home brewer and said my first beers were horrible and he owns Dogfish Head. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. If your first beer is amazing, then you probably, it's a fluke. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So we stuck, a, we both stuck them back in the closet because the, 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 the manual that we're reading that's like tells you step by step how to do it. It's like, hey, if it tastes kind of weird, put it back in, let it age another week or two, then try it again. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> try it this weekend. That's what we're doing. So, so David, you do, you, you do dabble in some brewing then, right? Yeah. What, so, what have you brewed uh, most recently? Actually, so I brewed for my wife's 30th birthday a Saison, uh, Saison de Angie, which uh, I always love the name, Saison of, you know, whatever. So I brewed that. Um, but prior to that, I actually brewed a beer for uh, for the podcast, uh, Beers and Beards Brown Ale. That's um, right. I remember seeing that. Which I had some coffee too. And uh, yeah, so actually my brother-in-law, we, you know, pandemic bachelor party, you know, options are very limited. So everyone came to my house and we actually brewed beer and drank a bunch of beer. And, um, it surprisingly turned out well, even though we were pretty drunk while we were brewing it. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, and my thing too, is like, I, you know, I love the process of brewing and love, you know, the smell of it and, and, you know, the whole, the whole thing, but yeah, definitely stick with it. My first beer was a, uh, my, my wife, almost two years ago got me a brewing kit for christmas because i kind of expressed interest in it and uh my first beer was a new england ipa which is not it's like one of the hardest styles of beer to brew and uh, it turned out halfway decent so i felt okay to continue to do it but i've done a handful of ipas i've done um i did a kolsch earlier this year that turned out really well so definitely stick with it i will say yeah if your first beer is is really good then you probably like i said it's probably a fluke but uh yeah stick with it <laughs> nice yeah good advice well definitely maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll and, do I w- it again. and i will say the just like anything the the ingredients are the most important part of the process so find your local homebrew shop every town i mean you're in virginia you're in virginia beach uh yeah. aj you're at reese you're in like you know northern virginia area I'm sure you have a fantastic homebrew shop. Find a great homebrew shop, and they're, that's going to be your best local source of of knowledge and information. So, yeah. don't buy the stuff off the internet. That's not the best way to go. It's a good way if you want to like dabble, but uh, yeah, find your local homebrew shop, and and that's going to be your best resource. I've I've learned more from my local homebrew shop than I ever would from any internet or anything like that. So yeah. Awesome. That's a great tip. Awesome. 
I'll definitely, you know, I haven't thought about that before. We're just kind of looking at the internet trying to figure it out, but <laughs> it makes right. sense to go yeah, talk to somebody that's done it. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and nine times out of ten, you're at your homebrew shop, you're gonna find a guy that's like super passionate, guy or gal, super passionate about brewing and 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 specifically home brewing because it is a different process than commercial brewing. I mean, you don't have all of the crazy equipment and things like that. But uh, yeah, go go find your local homebrew shop and continue to get. You know, I feel like every beer I get, every beer I do and brew, uh, is a little bit better than the last and make small improvements every time and and continue to do it it's it's a fun process makes sense gary have you you ever thought about distilling at all no nothing (laughs) no (laughs) but but you're down in like the you're down in the mecca down there i feel like you've you've got all kinds of resources he legally can't say that but he does have some moonshine (laughs) no got it backyard it's uh (laughs) you know doing like distillery tours and stuff the the old ones pride themselves on being old, you know, uh, for my birthday, I went to the number 16th licensed uh, distillery in Kentucky. That was in like the 1870s. Wow. 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 They've got, they've got license number 16. Uh, but what's funny, the first one I went to Peerless, which is like in Louisville, which is an urban area, very small place, not much bigger than, than the basement I'm in right now. Their number was 50. <laughs> And they were in the 1880s. Uh, so when you look at like Buffalo wow. Trace or Maker's Mark, they're in like the 250s up to 300s. If if the four of us were going to start a distillery today, we'd be in about the 25,000s. Jeez. So, okay. Gosh. Yeah. So I'm going to leave wow. it to the professionals. That, <laughs> we might make a steal and try some moonshine out, but there's yeah. no uh, – nobody wants to drink my bourbon anyway. When you drink, when you drink bourbon, do you got like a, do you have kind of like a ritual of how you drink it to get the flavor? Um, You know, I know some people talk about how they do the sniff, the sniff test and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I got these fancy, uh, I guess they're called Glencairns. I don't know. Little. So we, you know, when we first started our podcast, I went to look at bourbon reviews. And it was so BS. You know what I mean? Like when you when I'm watching the, oh, I smell the caramel and the vanilla. No, it smells like bourbon. Yeah, <laughs> that's what right. it's, it's not. Bourbon notes. But as we <laughs> as we have tried, you know, so many different bourbons from good to bad bourbon, uh, you can pick it up on the nose when you start. Uh, I always drink it neat, and then you know, David and I, if we're together, we'll put like just a splash of water in it. And that really brings out flavors too. You know, I always make fun of beer guys, present company excluded. <laughs> uh, like when you, when they have like chocolate beers or sour beers, I'm like, first of all, no, this is not like David had an engagement party. And I had like an airheads beer. Oh my Did, gosh. Didn't taste like airheads. Right. I've had chocolate beer that didn't taste like Hershey's, you know? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I like to call out, you know, when I when I do these, I want I want like AJ to know who's not into bourbon. What's what's this going to taste like? Is it going to mm-hmm. be? Is it going to burn? You know, you get that Kentucky hug from any bourbon. You're going to get the burn, you know, through your chest. Yeah. Um, but so you have the the nose and then the palate, how it is when it's in your mouth, and then that finish of what comes after. And so last week, uh, I had the worst bourbon I've ever had, which was good on the nose. 
good on the palate, and then something bad happened after that on the finish. I mean, it yeah, tasted I, like chemicals. Oof. I listened to that episode, and I was just like, all right, well, I know not, I know what not to try now. Yeah, don't try <laughs> that bourbon. I won't, I don't want to hurt them. Don't, don't shoot them down here. Okay. All right. So, but yeah. So now that we've done it more, I can definitely tell like your basic four year old bourbon from a, from an older seven to 12 year old bourbon just by the nose. A little smoother too. Yeah. Yeah. You get that oak, the longer it's been in the barrel, it comes out and then how smooth there's no smooth bourbon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all like the first, first drink you take, you're gonna be like, wow, that's yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Right. But the more you drink it, the I guess the more finesse you get to your palate, so yeah, I'm well, no actually, better than I was the first week. I mean, that's pretty true with beers too. I mean, both Reese and I both, you know, we're definitely not beer sommeliers at all. But um, you know, the longer we've done the show, we're on episode 34 right now. The more beers we've tried, you know, I don't want to speak for you, Reese, but I mean, like. It's hard for any a normal person to distinguish between one IPA and another most of the time these days because they're all hoppy, they're all fruity, they're all this, they're all that. But like, you know, the more the more variety you try and the more you pay attention to what you're actually drinking, the more you can start to pick up on stuff. So actually, I, I mentioned it a few episodes back when we interviewed some guys that have a hop farm, Lion yeah. Bynes Hop Farm. Um, you know, but they started talking about Simcoe hops, and I, and I don't remember which beer it was, but I remember trying a beer and I was like, actually, like, I think that the, the flavor profile I was getting, I was like, this seems like it probably has Simcoe hops in it. And I looked it up and it did actually have some, and I was like pretty proud of myself in that moment. I was like, wow, I've developed, I've developed my palate enough to like pick out a, a hop flavor profile is pretty cool. Um, which before the show, I never would have done that. I was just drinking whatever I bought, you know, I'm like, yeah, that tastes bitter and good. So cool. Um, but yeah. Have you guys and found Reese, as you've done beer, this? that that people relate to you guys like for what's strange for me we come from the mma world so we had a a built-in audience there but the audience that we've that's kind of flipped around you know as popular as craft beer and bourbon are like the media involved in it's still kind of a, a niche kind of thing right like your podcast our podcast is nobody's topping the the iTunes chart talking about beer and bourbon, you know, um, but maybe someday. Yeah. But, but the people that have, that I've connected with and that David, you know, has made connections with has just been like, like like-minded people. And it's been, it's been kind of crazy just to, to see how two idiots that David and I are talking about things that we enjoy relates to people. Have you guys found that with what you do? I personally have, um, rarely, you know, we don't have the biggest audience, but I have got some good feedback. Um, just basically saying, wow, it sounds like you guys know what you're talking about. It sounds like you guys have prepared for this and, uh, you know, um, yeah, basically just, you know, them saying, you know, I like, I like what you guys are doing. I like what you've explained. It sounds like, you know, what you guys are talking about is, you know, makes sense as far as the beer goes. Uh, yeah. Because AJ usually puts the he, – he pulls out the beer reviews segments and puts them on Instagram, you know, and that's where our biggest kind of uh, – I think that's where we get most of our, you know, clicks pretty much. So, you know, it's always nice to – it's always nice to hear that kind of stuff from, from other people that are watching that, 
hey, not only did I listen, but it makes sense to me and, you know, uh, and I can relate to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what you we, said. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, David. Yeah. I was going to say we do the opposite. We put like our goofiest <laughs> moments on Instagram like, yeah. when I say bourbon notes or <laughs> <laughs> we, My when shirt. Gary talks about his quiz bowl days. We've definitely done some of those. We've had some funny ones. But yeah, <laughs> definitely the, had some funny the, ones. The most clicks we got is him pouring beer on his keyboard. <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty funny. That was a good one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we we both we bring different um interests to the table too. Like Reese is not big on hoppy IPAs. He's a sour stout porter sort of guy. I'm hoppy IPA all the way basically. Yeah. And uh, so it's just. You know, we'd bring different perspectives to the table. Well, um, similar to so you all, since, you know, you got beer and then you got bourbon on the other yeah. end. So. Yeah, that's yeah. why David and yeah, I, I think, like, for... like tuning yeah. into you guys is it's almost like a mirror, you know, and it's fun to hear other <laughs> people's, is... other people, <laughs> you know, in this in this sphere that we're in, like, yeah. try to push it forward. So it's like, I love you guys. Yeah. Well, I'm not you, drunk. I appreciate that. The last time I got drunk, I told David I loved him. <laughs> <laughs> on our podcast but i'm not drunk you, right man. now <laughs> i love you <laughs> that's well, awesome we, we appreciate, we appreciate that. it yeah and we're, and we're trying to we're trying to grow this you know network too you know so this yeah. is just the start of it i think yeah i, I love your like shout the, out stuff at the end like is it is that when you do this the end i've seen a lot of the clips where you shout out mm-hmm. other podcasts that try to help them grow so yeah like mad yeah. respect yeah definitely yeah i appreciate that um yeah, I mean, I would to you know to go back to your your question. I think I for the beer industry and the podcast industry, we we get we've met a lot of people and some, made some good connections. And um, you know, the beer community surprisingly, if you're not like involved in the beer community and you think about like oh these frat dudes like chugging natty lights or whatever in the basement, that's your perception of beer and people getting hammered, drunk and falling down. Like that's actually not at all like what it is. Like I'm involved in some different beer communities on like facebook and things like that and people are always willing to trade beers like hey man i can get this one for you if you can get this one for me and we can we can send stuff back and forth and they'll give you your their opinions on stuff and the podcast community is the same way um i want to transition to talk about mma just for a little bit we've got we've got a little bit of time left um just because you're you know your involvement in the in the industry i want to get some of your insights but i will say transitioning into that the UFC, <laughs> the UFC community, not so friendly as the opposite, yeah. <laughs> you know, getting called a casual, getting called this and that. Um, that's always interesting. But uh, without going too deep into that, I do kind of want to transition. You guys mentioned it at the beginning of the show um, that you, you know, used to run a website. I believe it was called Bluegrass MMA. Um, and it was, you know, you guys sold that a couple of years ago, but David, I know you mentioned that you still do some commentary work for regional and local events. So, um, we had a big event this past weekend. Uh, did you guys have the opportunity to tune in to UFC 254? Well, so I'm like in my UFC, uh, days, I'm like the day after guy now. So I will go on like social media and watch the fight, you know, the, the highlights the day after. And, uh, I watched the, the Habib, Habib fight. I watched a couple other fights, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, who's the, the greatest of all time. And Habib is, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say, you know, that a guy that's undefeated and, and kind of ran through the lightweight division is not the greatest, 
but I put him at number five right now in, in my Ooh. top five greatest of all time for MMA. And I, you know, I, I thought about this cause I knew this was going to be ass. I knew the question was going to be <laughs> out there. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, and I, I'm also a guy coming from like, you know, 2010 MMA yeah. to 2000, like 15, 16, when I was really into UFC and honestly, like a lot of the UFC fights, I mean, there's so many fights and so many events and, They've kind of watered down the product so much that it's kind of hard to follow UFC now unless you're following like the big fights, you know, Connor and Habib and Stipe and, and you know, when, when the big fights are, are there. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'm coming from it from a, you know, old guy perspective of, you know, like coming to America, Rocky Marciano <laughs> right. sort of thing. But, I mean, GSP mm-hmm. is is my number one fighter of all time by by far um john jones number two anderson silva number three fedor emelianenko number three number four and then habib nurmagomedov number five so i don't know where the whole conversation of uh habib being number one happened but he's not in he's barely in my top five so I don't know. We could I feel like I had the whole conversation there by myself. We could we could have like a a whole hour just on those top five and just break yeah. those top five down themselves. I like that you included Fedor, but it's like that one's kind of like a that one's weird for me because he was in like the Pride days and there was like all there wasn't like any testing or anything like that. And there's got to be an asterisk yeah. next to Fedor, right? Like. Yeah, because <laughs> as soon as you bring him over to the UFC, you know he's not doing so hot. But you know, just what he did for the sport, I feel like you can kind of leave him up there, which makes sense to me. And then the but, same thing I with mean, John. There's yeah. an asterisk there too, right? For sure. Yeah, so yeah, and I feel Gary? like the guy that's like getting getting lost in the whole conversation too is Anderson Silva. Like I th- feel like he's yeah. like ch- chop liver at this point. Like, hey, Anderson Silva, but you know, back in twenty twelve to twenty fifteen, Anderson Silva, like there was nobody that could touch him. Unstoppable. Oh, yeah. and, and now he's fighting Uriah Hall this weekend. So and, yeah, I don't and, know. And to that point is the the level of competition that he was against, right? For, uh, Rich Franklin. Um, you know, he was against, um, the, uh, TRT, um, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Vitor, Vitor right. He knocked him out with a front leg kick. Like, like the competition that he was against, like that speaks for itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I look at GSP though. I mean, GSP probably went through, probably went through more hall of famers in his career. And that's, that's what I look at. You know, you go Matt Hughes, john fitch bj penn uh multiple times um you know all those guys that i I feel like no offense to tony ferguson and just justin gaethje but they're not the same level i they're like a borderline maybe ufc hall of famers but gsb i think was fighting ufc hall of famers pretty much every time out like toward the end of his career right because a lot of the guys that we see today are more like one or two dimensional right they're either like strikers and grapplers or they're jujitsu and grapplers or they're just strikers but you never get like that full package like gsp which is everything he's a striker he's a kicker he's a grappler he's a you know uh, jujitsu specialist like you know somebody that can knock somebody out you know with a leg kick or punch and then do an arm bar you know and and have takedown defense i mean that's the full package so yeah i totally agree with that yeah absolutely yeah i, I feel like 
I, Gary, Gary, I kind of want to get into your thoughts on UFC 254 if you got a chance to watch it. But I think one of the things that lends, you know, Khabib ha- has all the spotlight is honestly just look at the look at the age of the internet we're in right now compared to where we were at when Anderson Silva and GSP were huge, right? Like there's so much like Instagram wasn't a thing, wasn't as big of a thing when those guys were in their prime. And now, I mean, Khabib and these guys at the top of their game right now have this celebrity status that these other UFC fighters never had. I mean, Khabib had a a, a motorcade going into this last fight. He made $10 million, well, rumored, I don't know if it's factual or not, to make $10 million that last fight. Um, you know, just this stuff, it's just a whole other level of, of popularity and fame and spotlight. So when this conversation of greatest of all time, you know, these people that are having this conversation probably may not even have ever watched these other guys fight before. And I think that, you know, lends itself to to that um, title, I guess. But Gary, did you get a chance to watch UFC 254 this past weekend? Yeah, I'm kind of like David. You know, I, I can't try to consume after the fact. Uh Plus, I'm I'm a lot older than you guys, so. But but I guess 254 was during the day, right? It's kind of like it was in the middle of the day. Yeah. It was oddly enough. Yeah, four o'clock. I think what got lost in the shuffle is how good Robert Whitaker is. You know, like Robert Whitaker is a banger, and he's one of those blue collar guys that goes in there. You know, whether it's against like Kelvin Gastelum or uh, Yell Romero, like he's that guy, and he's had obviously had some trouble with injuries and stuff, but to go win that fight and, and just still be relevant. And he's a low key guy. You know, you're, we're talking about Instagram and personas and the, what have you done for me lately? Robert Whitaker's that guy that can go in there and, and get a win. And he goes out to finish, you know, so much of the, of the UFC is a business now. Like if I'm going to fight, I'm just going to try to win. You know, it's not like, you know, when David and I were, were watching, it was just who could fight. Like, how are we going to yeah. fight? And now it's like, oh, you know, let me, you know, grind this out for 15 minutes or whatever. Who's marketable? Yeah. And so, like, Khabib gets kind of tossed in that category because he's a grinder. Kids wrestling bears at five years old, you know, like what? <laughs> but he's, he's one that has this, like, Greco-Roman traditional wrestling background that just wants to hurt you. Yeah. And... To watch him through the years, you know, people forget the whole Terramasu incident where he missed weight and ended up checking out of a fight. You know, there was, I don't know if y'all saw the, the controversy around the weigh-ins this time. Like, yeah. if yeah. you watch the guy on the scale, he's not even, he's just, all right, you're good. It doesn't even stop moving. So, I don't want to take anything away from him just because he lost his father. He's fought some great competition, but John Jones poking holes in that. You know, everybody's trying to get their stab. Now, who's going to be back on top? So, I think this sets up wow. the Ferguson, Gaethje, the whole the whole argument at lightweight. I'd like to see Frankie Edgar back at lightweight. I, don't, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but uh, once the most powerful division's kind of in shambles now with who's who's the guy. Same when John Jones kind of vacated it light heavyweight. Who's the guy? Yep. So, there's a lot of questions to be answered going into 2021 with the UFC, and I think 254 just compounded that. Like, we have more questions than we have answers now after that event. Yeah, Yeah, kind of changing of the guard, right, is kind of this transition period that we're going through right now. 
Yeah, definitely. We we had the same conversation on our last episode, um, <clears throat> looking at the middleweight division because now you're in a now you're in a position where um, Robert Whitaker has won this last fight, and he's now the one, number one ranked contender in the division. He's already lost to Israel, so are they going to give that? Are they going to make that rematch happen? If not, if if Izzy vacates, or maybe not vacates, but if Izzy moves up and wants to look at a John Jones fight, then does Robert Ridiker end up being the one to get the interim title belt? Where once Izzy held the interim because Robert couldn't fight, like it's this weird situation. Um, so many yeah, questions. I mean, we talk about this the same thing all the time on our show too. Is like it's so much of a business and not as much of like what's right and what's wrong. Like it's what how much money can we make on this matchup because these these guys have the spotlight. You know, Connor obviously he brings he brings the uh, the numbers with him. You know, so they give him like whatever he wants. And then even this last event, they had Michael Chandler from Bellator sitting as the alternate for the title belt and both I think Reese and I agreed like that's just total bullshit to have some guy from Bellator come in and get potentially like if something would have happened if somebody would have broken a pinky toe or something there you have Michael Chandler there fighting for for the belt and his first appearance in the UFC like it's all about hype it's all about viewership that's basically all that it comes down to UFC loves putting people from Bellator in bad situations though if you look at like Hector Lombard, Eddie Alvarez, those guys that have come over, they don't fare well. They're they're given zero favors in the UFC. Khabib actually broke his toe before the fight. Did you know that? I thought we talked about that. I saw that just today. Yeah. Actually, that there was they they talked about yeah. it in the post fight press conference. They were like, "He's actually broken. You know, he's injured right now." So it's funny you said, "Oh, if somebody would have broke a pinky toe, you know, Chandler would have went in there." Yeah, he got <laughs> he got lit up in that fight too. That's the thing that people don't talk about. Like he got clipped four or five times, and his his front foot was planted pretty pretty firmly on that mat. And Gaethje was you know pretty much had open reign for kicks, especially the yeah. you know the leg kicks. And and I mean that kind of was what Kebby uh, wanted to get those takedowns. But if you look at the fight, I mean, he was getting, I hate to, you know, be the, the armchair quarterback, but if that was a five round fight, I'd be probably would have been in a lot of trouble in, in rounds four and five with, with how much damage he was taking. I mean, I think yeah. he realized that he needed to finish that fight, you know, and, and when kind of when he did, because he was taking a lot, a lot of punishment. Well, Gaethje looked yeah. like he never put on a gi before. I was so surprised. He had it's no kind of strange, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, what? I, well, I mean, we'd never really seen him get taken down before, but I'd never thought that he had zero jujitsu, you know? He's just so such a reckless fighter. I mean, that's that's his whole career is yeah. um, all offense, no defense. Like He's like the Big 12 of MMA fighter, Big 12 college football of MMA fighters. He's all offense, <laughs> no defense. He just tries to outscore you, right? So yep. he's... Like I'm not, I'm not gonna. If if you submit me, I'm gonna lose. But if I'm gonna try to outscore yep. you and and knock you out, so you know, I saw something funny today. Actually, um, DC and Ariel Hawani have a podcast, and uh, they were they were talking about the fights. And apparently, I think Khabib and DC are on the same team. I think as an AKA, they're both mm-hmm. with AKA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, Khabib told DC that the reason he went for the triangle instead of the uh, armbar was because he had heard that Khabib or Justin said that he would never tap. Um, so, and apparently, when they were on the mat 
they're right in front of Justin's family and he didn't want <laughs> didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to break his arm yeah. in front of his family essentially. So he switched. I mean, you can watch it. If you watch it back, he he like he goes for the arm bar. He has the perfect arm bar position and then he flips it around and goes for the triangle instead and chokes him to sleep, which even though he did tap, it looks like he tapped a few different times before yeah. he actually fell asleep. Um, but I thought that was quite interesting that he told DC that. I would I say that's true. He... I would say that's yeah. true. I believe it. I don't think Khabib's a liar. I think he's no. usually on point with what he says. So if he said it, I believe him. And, you know, I was, you know, I was another thing I was surprised about is how fast uh, Gaethje went out. Like that must have been tight to put him out that fast. So, you know, credit to Khabib for having that tight of a triangle. Yeah, I've been in a couple of triangle chokes like that before. You you go out pretty fast. <laughs> stack, David. It's you all right. Stack. You go out pretty fast. Jeez. <laughs> so, David, you actually you train or or? Yeah, Tell me about well, your journey to to being I'm, a fighter, David. Uh, let's put that out there for everybody. <laughs> yeah, breaking uh, breaking I'm news. I'm not the uh, I'm I'm the Uncle Rico of uh, of MMA. <laughs> I could throw a uh, throw a football over mound. I, I've trained in the past not not any any level but I, i've been basically choked out a lot of times by <laughs> old guys teenage girls jujitsu black belts people who didn't like the stuff uh, they say he says about taekwondo them. black belts yeah are you a white belt I've never, I've never been choked out by anybody that i talk shit about <laughs> during commentary i've been that's been warned but uh never luckily I have enough other fighters that actually like me that I think would would save me if if I needed if I needed saving at at local MMA events. So that's nice. good. I make friends with the with the guys that have the the biggest posse, and then I talk shit about the out of town guys. There you go. There you go. <laughs> How much do you guys pay attention to the to like John Anik? Is that well, like when you guys watch the UFC? Are is that playing? Is does that override what you're seeing? I or, love but, John Anik, man. I, I think that he's so he's got so much skill in his craft, right? Because yeah. I don't know if he's ever been a fighter, or if he's you know ever really you know had that experience. But the fact that he just knows um, what's happening can add the um, entertainment factor to his commentary and keep it going. Like they can never get rid of John Anik. He brings he you know um, Bill Goldberg used to be like. You know, a staple, I felt like, not Bill Goldberg. Mike. Wait, Mike Goldberg. Mike Goldberg. Yeah, Bill Goldberg was the rest of His brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mike Goldberg. Hey, Bill Goldberg has done some MMA uh, commentary, too. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Show XC. I don't know if you guys were uh, Elite XC fans back in the day. They're too young. Yeah, Kimbo, too young. Kimbo Slice. I know Kimbo okay. Slice. I know Kimbo, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I just feel like he adds another level. It's great to have John Anik there. And, and I do notice him, you know, when he grew yeah. that mustache out, I had to take a screenshot. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was in our discord and took the screenshot and we're like, yeah, that's his new profile pic for sure. <laughs> I, I I do like John Anik as well. I, I think I do before, again, before this show, like this show has changed a lot of the way I pay attention to things because I now have a responsibility to relay this information to people as, as few of them as there are, you know, um, and as accurately as possible. So I do pay more attention to like the production value. And I talk to my wife about it all the time. Like if I ever went to a UFC event, I'd probably be just as excited to see John Anik or like, you know, 
any of these other commentators walk out as I would be to see like some of these fighters walk out, you know, cause they're, they're always there and ever present. But I think John Anik does a great job. Um, David, when you're talking about, you know, some of these fighters want to choke you out, they reminded me of, of, uh, Ariel Hawani and his beef with like rampage Jackson. And you see all these clips of rampage, just like he literally, I remember the seeing mermaid. Clip. he was like, <laughs> he was like, look at, look at his, he's like, I'm an alpha. He's a beta. He's like, look at his neck. And look at my neck. He was like, I could, I could choke that little neck just like this. <laughs> just like, dang man, that's messed up. Yeah, that's pretty uh, much me. Yeah, I'm, I'm the beta, and and pretty much all the fighters are the alphas. But I've luckily made made good friends with with some fighters that uh, that have, have have you know made a pretty good name for themselves. And I feel like more importantly, I would be you know in a street fight situation, they would be on my side, and uh, yeah. not you know not necessarily in a cage fight situation. So. Like I said, I find the local guy, whoever has the most, you know, f- friends and family in the crowd, and I make friends with him, and then I talk shit about everybody else. He's lying. All the out of town guys. David is super professional. <laughs> We've done commentary a bunch of times together, and that is, other than the, actually the athletes in the cage, commentary is the hardest thing to do because you think yeah. about it that it, it's constant, ongoing. And I know we sat down for like some local events may have seventeen, eighteen fights. And so when you've got, especially when you've got guys that have never fought before or you know nothing about, to talk for three or four hours, yeah. it, it gets monotonous. And, of course, there's, yeah. there's exciting things that happen, but a lot of times when you're dealing with, like, amateur mixed martial arts, uh, it's dull. It's bore, It's You're watching two guys that don't know what they're doing. So yeah. if they don't know what they're doing, how are you going to relay in a respectful manner that they don't know what they're doing? Yeah. You know, like, like well, <laughs> I'm not sure what he's setting up there, but I guess yeah. he's trying to do something. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've definitely been in that situation before. And, uh, yeah, you just try to be, uh, try to be as professional as you can throughout the entire entirety of the event. And, uh, yeah. I've done events in cornfields. I've done events where the fighters like come in to the cage, like on an ATV, because that was the sponsor of the of the event. Uh, I've nice. done some fun shows. That's awesome. Definitely, if you guys and you guys had mentioned, uh, you know, you said I think Reese has been to a UFC event. Get out to your local shows. Find find whatever your local MMA event. You is, guys are in the, in the wild west of MMA though in Virginia. Yes, because it's yeah, it's not regulated. Fun state. Like the amateur side of things. Like you guys could throw a fight if you wanted in your backyard, and me and David could be the sanctioning body. And it'd be completely fine. So it's it's it sounds true, like a plan to me. It's truly the wild west. Uh, of course, the we'll the there. professional side is regulated by the state and all that. But like, if you just want to throw some some fights, make you some money, there you go. Man. I actually I actually competed in a jujitsu tournament one time like two years ago, and uh, I'm a white belt and I'm terrible. But uh, I went in there and I did it. There was no regulations, just like you said. You know, it was <laughs> we were just like in the middle of a. It was like a high school gym or something like that. And uh, yeah, well, it didn't, it didn't go my way, so I'm not going to talk <laughs> about what happened. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, Reese, just this like is you your said, chance to like tell us how. <laughs> like I arm barred three black belts that day. Actually, <laughs> Steve Nobody A was there. <laughs> Steve A was there. I went up against Steve A. Yeah, that's that's all there was to it. I had no chance. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I arm barred. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I arm barred Stipe. They didn't show that, but 
Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, Stipe is not known for his jujitsu. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He, True story. Sure, sure. <laughs> David was sitting next to me at an event. I I promised him I would go that week. I had a wisdom tooth. Just I had to have it pulled, so I had it pulled on like a Thursday. The events on Saturday. I'm hopped up on ibuprofen, riding to Northern Ohio, and I'm sitting there. We're doing our thing cage side, and this jackass behind me is just yelling and screaming, and I'm in pain, like. I don't think David appreciates what I put myself through to be there for him. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going to turn around and tell this guy to shut up. I stand up, turn around. It's Stipe. Oh, no. I no turn, David. <laughs> Are you serious? He was there. Yeah, yeah, he was right behind us. So I turn around, sit down. I'm like, God, I'm just going to have to listen to him the whole time. He had some teammates <laughs> from Strong Style on the card. Uh, him and Jessica I were there, yeah. and it was like, you know, typical. I just wasn't feeling good at the time. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I've got to say something to this guy. Turn around. <laughs> Common sense took over. I was like, he was, do your thing, baby. Do your thing. I'm good. He I'll was yelling for uh, JT, JT Miller. And that's also yeah. the, the night where I think I screamed at the referee, uh, Victor Ventresca. And he, uh, I think he came over and actually bumped some Advil off of me. Gum. Advil, yeah. Yeah, he bumped some Advil off of me. Because Gary was popping on my candy. And I, I'm like, hey, I just screamed at you 30 seconds ago because you made a horrible call. <laughs> Man, that, I was Ooh. literally about to talk about Dan Hardy yelling at, uh, <laughs> well, I can't think of his name Herb right Dean? now. Herb Dean? Herb Dean, yeah. About that bad call. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm the. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten better. Yeah, I've gotten better about screaming at the referees. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely me in, in my early days of doing commentary. David will for sure, if he has kids, get kicked out of their soccer games for screaming and yelling. Like that's that's happening. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be a Karen. Yeah, I, that nice. color commentator is that is that you, David? Keeping it going. Yeah, yeah, more play by play, but uh, yeah, I could do color as well if you if in a pinch. Okay. That's awesome, man. Well, hopefully, you know, I'd love to make it out to a UFC event, but, you know, once the pandemic, if ever, hopefully things go back to some sort of normal. There are definitely some local MMA events here in Virginia Beach. I'd love to to make it out and check that out. Uh, I wish we could follow more of it. Like, it's hard enough, like you mentioned, to follow UFC, you know, beyond just – we. I mean, I watch pretty much every single – I mean, Reese and I both watch pretty much every single fight night – it's hard for me. I've got two kids. Hard to it's hard to watch, you know, anything but the main card because you know I got kids awake. Um, I and used we to have, try to watch like prelims and all that stuff too, but it's a lot. Just man. So many fights. It's a lot. Yeah, and we have you know we do tech and gaming too, so it's like hard yeah. for us to, you know, if we focused on one thing, then I think we could, but you know, it's a lot. Like you said. I told David before the before we did this. I was like, if these guys are console gamers, I'm calling them out. <laughs> Not since I was young. I'm the console gamer. Yeah. So yeah, I, I used to be until until Reese convinced me to build the PC. Um, but yeah, so this week, like you mentioned, we got Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. I'm pretty excited. I've been a huge Uriah Uriah Hall fan ever since he made his debut on The Ultimate Fighter. Um, and lost to Kelvin Gastelum in that finale which I think was, it almost seemed like he threw that fight, but that's for another, we'll say that for another That can day, be but. said for a lot of Uriah Hall's fights. It looks really? like, it, that he looks like he threw the fight. Like he just, he didn't show up 
mentally. I think that's a the lot heart. Of, the heart is yeah. in there all the time. It's interesting. I don't know if you guys ever watched the Ultimate Fighter, but his his season was really good. A lot of a lot of good guys on that on that season. He had the kick, and right? Just, that was the one he smashed that guy's face apart. So oh, yeah, the Brownhouse. Yeah, I thought right? thought he might have killed that guy. And I think that's too. Like he he always talks about how he doesn't he like doesn't like hurting people. Like he has that sort of mentality. So I think you're right. If he doesn't come in there with the right mindset, he probably throws his game way off. Um, so I've always wanted to see him do well in the sport. And then that's been, I don't know how long ago that, that season was. It's, it's at least like 10, what is it? 10 years ago or something, maybe about 10 years. I don't know. Um, you know, he's been around for a long time. I'd love to see him kind of work his way up a little more. I don't know if, I mean, this is apparently going to be Anderson Silva's last fight. So the same token, I kind of want to see him go out on a, on a win, but what do you guys think? Who do you who are you taking for that that main event? Anderson Silva's not been the same. You know, you go back to Chris Weidman, you have that gruesome leg injury. Yeah, and then it oh. just ne- then it gets the you know it just never he never gets that back. And you see that when guys get of age, uh, you look like Chuck Liddell after he gets knocked out by Rashad Evans. It just it never they never get back to that. I think age has a, has a yeah. part to do something to do with that, and he's confidence too. Yeah, but yeah. uh, but Anderson is a true like student of the game, right? Like he, you know, you can when you like when he fought Bisping, uh, or even Nick Diaz, you know, like for the for the people that maybe just started watching the UFC, then that's not the Anderson. That's not what he's capable of, you know, and. I I would love to see him go out with just a dominant performance over your eye hall. I think he yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah, being a huge Anderson Silva fan, I that's what I want to see. But looking at Anderson Silva, you know, one win since 2012 Anderson Silva. I mean, his last two official wins are Derek Brunson and Stefan Bonner. And uh, before that, Chael Sonnen. So it's hard to imagine seeing a 45-year-old Anderson Silva going out with a win. But uh, I don't know. I'll be rooting for Anderson Silva. Wait, he beat Nick Diaz, right? I'm excited to see. uh, Yeah, but that was overturned um, due to uh, PDs. Wait, who did Um, you say Actually, I think both. He beat Nick Diaz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So he's got one no contest on his record. Yeah. Yeah due to uh, PEDs and, and Nick Diaz also tested positive for marijuana and that, and uh, that was did. a, uh, I think a, but I'm honestly more excited for Bryce Mitchell and Andre Feely in the co-main event. I mean, Gary and I have kind of followed Bryce since, you know, he's an Arkansas guy. He fought a lot in Tennessee, which we've covered. And uh, you know, he's been a, a, an interesting character and, and him and Andre Feely should be, I think that's going to steal the show. Yeah, he's a um, he's a good old boy I mean, for sure, Bryce Mitchell. Thirteen and zero. His last um, his last yeah. fight, just shouting out Arkansas at the end of it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of energy. He's a wrestler primarily, right? I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. He's he's, he's been he's been a guy that I think has the UFC has has kind of realized that he might have some marketability behind him, and and you know. If he gets, I think, this big win over Andre Feely, I think they're he's gonna 
start to shoot up the ranks. Everybody's going to be wearing camo after this. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys will get you a, a Reebok kit with camo. Wear it on the <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. Sponsored by Reebok. One day. <laughs> um, Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy back in. It's interesting. They haven't been promoting that as far as I've seen. Usually, Greg Hardy had so much hype before he lost last time to Volkov, um, which was kind of a it was a decision, if I remember correctly. Are they back in Vegas for this? They're not a final, right? Yep, back in Vegas, Apex. So Maurice Green is a. I think did he lose his last fight? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he did. I'm trying to remember who it was. Yeah. Super durable, like really weird funky jujitsu guy that's like just i know has crazy durability um lost to jeff hughes at lfa and then beat jeff hughes in the ufc um yeah i i think uh i think maurice green is gonna pull this one out over greg hardy i think the greg hardy train might be uh starting to derail after this weekend Let's get that guy out of here. Yeah, he actually he won his last fight. I didn't see this one. Gian Vellante via submission. He lost to Alexi Olenek um, in That's January, right. though. That's the fight that I was thinking of. The boa constrictor. Yeah, he's so Maurice is seven, uh, six foot seven. He's huge. Um, but Greg Hardy, I think last time we saw Greg Hardy come out against Alexander Volkov, I think he tried adopting this more like pace, slower pace you know, more technical style than we were used to seeing this, these bombs he were, he was throwing. So maybe if he gets back to throwing these bombs and just being wild, he might catch Maurice. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with you, Reese. I, I think, I don't know. We just don't need that persona in the sport. There's so much bad publicity coming into his UFC career. And then during his UFC career, right. We have, we have inhaler gate, you know, we have, <laughs> we have knees to the ground opponent, you know, and then he's just straight up lost to a to a high ranking opponent. I mean, yeah, you know, he's he's got a long way to go if he's gonna if he's gonna you know. You gotta attribute some of that five. to him never being a fighter, right? Like come just coming straight. Like a lot of those things take take his history aside. You're putting a guy who's a top level athlete. I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. a top level mixed martial artist. He's a top level athlete, and like you're bound to get some. Like that's why people with his record aren't in the UFC. They, you, there's a whole build up to that. There's that's yeah. why the stuff that me and David have done for the last ten years. That's what those organizations. That's the minor leagues or you know the farm leagues or whatever. That's that's why they're there. You know you if you've never fought in a high school gym in front of thirty eight people, then you know you're gonna have a hard time <laughs> when you get mm-hmm. to, to that level. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, we had a, uh, probably our, you know, one of our biggest articles that I, that we ever had on bluegrass MMA was me kind of railing on the Ohio athletic commission for letting CM Punk fight in the UFC without ever Prime you know, fighting even as a, as a pro MMA fighter without any experience, whether it be wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing, anything. And, and we saw how much he embarrassed himself and, and I took a lot of heat for that, but at the end of the day, I, I I think I was right. So you know, it it's always, you know, I've I've covered this sport for a long, long time and seen guys that are, I've seen multiple amateur fighters that that would wipe the floor with CM Punk that never got a crack at 
you know being in the UFC. Yeah. It's not it's this isn't a game. You know, they you know football, basketball, baseball are a game. MMA is not a game. It's people get hurt. And I I've, I've seen people get hurt, you know, in a, a lot of times, you know, being right there cage side and and I think a lot of times people take that kind of for granted, but uh yeah, it, it's not a game. Yep. Yeah, definitely. With that being said, when are you guys going to start fighting? I'm going to go fight my pillow here before long. <laughs> Try and fight these eyelids. Jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah, I uh, I, I wish I – I kind of wish I – I started taking like a boxing – I joined like a boxing club in college, and it, I was I went there for two like sessions or whatever you call them until they were like, all right, guys, now we're going to collect up your $75 membership fee. And I was like, yeah, hold Whoa, on. Hey, we got to pay to be in this thing? Never mind. I'm out. <laughs> Um, but you're, so you could fine. be that I, you're the Irish Mickey Ward, right? Like you that you look like that, you know, yeah, the ginger, yeah. you ginger you know, rage right there. I saw that's your uh, I saw you have some tattoos. You tattoo that Irish flag and you know, in a four leaf clover or yeah, something. Man. Instant credibility. I, Think about it. I, you're still I young. When I was I was working with uh, yeah, I was working with my dad for a while, and some guy he worked with was like he was like, look at you, man, you're tall, you got long arms, you should be a fighter. And, uh, I mean, obviously I never did anything. I, I grew up skateboarding. You see the Vans t-shirt here. Skateboarding is <laughs> kind of my thing, but, um, yeah. So, but, but interestingly tomorrow will be my son, my four-year-old son's first karate class. There you so go. maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's up to him. The there next Leota Machida. Live vicariously. Right. Put him in wrestling. Yeah. Leave, I, I won't be, I'll be like the dance moms, except for I'll be like the karate dad. <laughs> you guys just sit and binge watch Cobra Kai before you go. Yeah, exactly. There you go. It's I'll funny. Talk to talk to my four year old. He's like, I don't need to go to karate class. I already know all the moves. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> sure. You got this, sure. bro. In, yeah. in in ten years, AJ is gonna regret sending his kid to karate class. He'll be coming home. Actually, it'll be after like the first month. He'll be coming home, just like kicking you in the knee. Do something, Dad. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what's funny? My my son's name his his name actually is Kai, so Cobra Kai is kind of funny. There you go. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I said the same thing, Reese. I told Shane, I was like, I feel like now I'm sending him to karate class. Like I need to do like a daddy and me me class so I can like learn some things to protect myself when he grows a little bit larger. <laughs> That's awesome. So just give him a Charlie horse, put him in his place. Exactly. <laughs> Don't forget I'm larger than you. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, uh, you know, we went a long, little bit longer than we usually do, but we've, I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It was awesome getting to meet you guys in person and uh, look forward to chatting with you guys more in the future. Um, but I guess just one more time, anybody out there listening, make sure you check these these guys out. The Beers and Beards podcast. Um, find them on Spotify, Apple Podcast or wherever they can be found, wherever you listen to your podcast, I'm sure they're out there at the beers and beards podcast on Inst or sorry, at beers, beards podcast on Instagram and also on Facebook at beers and beards podcast. Make sure you check out their video episodes. Um, any, any bourbon notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah bourbon, bourbon notes. notes. And, and make sure to check out MMA McKinney.com uh, for the latest, uh, on uh on mma news mma mckinney that's m-m-a-m-c-k-i-n-n-e-y.com yeah thank you guys man we appreciate you guys guys. having us on thanks guys yeah absolutely thank you guys and then this is a reminder as always please be sure to subscribe to our show here on youtube 
or on your favorite podcast app, wherever you're listening to us right now, whether it's at home or in the car. Um, and if you really want to help us grow the show, don't forget to share this episode with a friend. We appreciate you guys' support and we'll see you guys in the next one. Appreciate you guys. Take care. See ya.